Honestly, I super love, like, the sort of PI angle that Jughead's going on here. Ah! Journalism is such a good fit for that character now. Ah! <laughs> I'm screaming about it! Robin, how do you feel about it? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. In my spare time, I genuinely enjoy long walks on the beach and then leaving said beach to go watch TV. My favorite show of all time is Battlestar Galactica. I think Jurassic Park is a cinematic masterpiece. And my Hogwarts house is very obviously Hufflepuff. I'm on Twitter at Britannia with an underscore where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 21-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. A few things about me. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas. My favorite color is heliotrope. I'm Slytherin as heck. And my favorite sport is watching television. You can hit me up if you ever need to know anything about any minor character that has ever existed on The 100 or Lost. I run at The 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Today, we have words to say about episode 103 of Riverdale, chapter 3, Body Double. Now, a small disclaimer before this episode. Uh, although this podcast is going up after the airing of episode 104, it was recorded before the airing, so please don't make fun of us for not knowing Grundy's whole mystery. <laughs> we messed up our bad, but here we are. We, we got it back on track. Yeah, we're, we're figuring it out. All is well. So, um, we're gonna mix it up today and start with all of Archie's stuff so that we can just get that <laughs> over with. Because <laughs> last time we decided to just do all his stuff as far back as possible, and this time we're just gonna get it over with. We'll get the suffering over with first. It's like eating your vegetables first before you get to the rest of your meal. So, something that I've noticed is that Archie, um, I want to know the significance of Archie's dog. And obviously he like loves his dog, but he's like, every time they see his dog, he goes, hi Vegas, hi Vegas, hi Vegas. Like as if we have to know what his name is. Do we know what the significance of this dog is? I think it's because it's his alibi for the morning of the shooting slash not shooting. Yeah, I so, guess. so they, they were probably just like setting us up for that. Yeah, just like really knock into the viewers' minds that the dog's name is Vegas. Here's the thing, is like, as soon as he said that his dog's name for the first time, I was just like, got it, I will not forget. Whereas I forgot until you said it. You did? <laughs> I was like, I don't even know, I, I wrote down in my notes, Archie's dog. I didn't even pay attention to his name. How dare you, first of all. I'm sorry. Not, listen, I'm fine with you forgetting the names of the random minor <laughs> characters, because that's my thing, but you forgot the name of the cute dog, and that's weird to me. I failed... And I know that I'm going to forget it again. (laughs) His dog's name is Vegas, and so he uses him as his alibi instead of Miss Grundy. And it's like, okay, do you normally take your dog on long walks around the lake that no one's at at six in the morning? Listen, I I don't have a dog anymore, but I had a dog for a while there, and um, if you're sitting and watching, or or like, if you're sitting and writing songs... Your dog, unless he's, like, a really well-trained dog, is not gonna just, like, sit there unless he's, like, asleep. Yeah, that dog's gonna be like, bird, bye. So, (laughs) if I was a sheriff, I'd be like, I need more details about this dog. Just because I like dogs. Is he a good boy? Is he a good boy, though? Is it a good one? What's his rating out of 10? It better be 13. (laughs) It better be 13. Good dog. They're good dogs, Brent. And then just... 
for a another point to be like, hey, just a reminder, Archie is still a child. His dad grounds him. <laughs> and Archie doesn't understand why he's being grounded. Which, like, also what? Like, Archie's rebellion doesn't make any sense. What is he even rebelling against? His dad doesn't, like, do anything wrong. I just don't get Archie at all. I, I have a bullet point here that just says Archie sucks. <coughs> did you hear the t- sound effect I just made? No, what did you do? <laughs> as soon as you said Archie sucks, I did. <laughs> Thing. Okay, so Cheryl grants Archie a wish. In, like, the weirdest way possible. I was uh, just really uncomfortable during that whole <laughs> interaction. You can have whatever I want. Whatever you want. Except my body. I was like... Uh, I'm like, mixed signals are happening, and also I'm uncomfortable. And also, y'all look like the ginger twins. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, you're... <laughs> she's, like, so obsessed with her brother that she's like, you kind of no! look like him. No! Well, no, 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 no. But, like... You know, maybe. By far your worst thought. But, like, maybe, though. I hate that you're not wrong. Let me just point out the fact that my theory about Josie and Cheryl is holding up. Uh, yep. Heck yeah. So he's like, okay, well, here's my wish. He wants to hang out with Josie and the Pussycats because Miss Grundy is a big bailer and bails on him. Like a bailer-if. Bailiff. Bailiff. No. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to probably delete all that. No, no, you have joking. to keep it. It's so funny. Oh, no. Okay. So anyway, he's going to hang out with Josie and she's just like, okay, well, this is when we're hanging out. And he's like, hey, I'm going to be really embarrassing and just say, um, I'm grounded. I'm grounded. And she's like, uh, okay, you six year old. <laughs> once he, once he like, you know, bails on his, uh groundedness and goes to their practice anyway Josie's bringing up these race issues about how they have to like claw their way to the top and that's why they're called the pussycats because Archie can just like stroll into places and that her mom got um, hate mail and stuff after being the mayor I love that the issue was quite literally about intersectional black feminism Mm-hmm. that was really cool. I was watching it and I was like, I think some people would think this is on the nose, but sometimes you have to say things that plainly for messages like that to get across in media. True. It was a very, like, Olivia Pope moment. So they start to write this song and Archie is like, why don't you use painting us on her skin, which is, like, a pretty cool line. Mm -hmm. But then when they play, like, the whole actual song, I was like, "Mm, it's okay. (laughs) I like the song. Yeah, I know, but it's, like, every other song. (laughs) That's true. That's why I was like, oh man, this is kind of a cheesy song. And then Cole Sprouse comes in and literally says, what's up with all the cheese? (laughs) It's like the most Jughead's really talked about anything food related. He's on the same page. Yeah, you and Cole Sprouse slash Jughead are obviously meant to be. Dude, that's so kind. You're so welcome. Thank you. Um, but I do like that Archie had to earn his way into even getting that small line. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, I'm not going to afford you this just because you walked in. You have to work for it. And I was like, yes! And then he did! Yeah. And he learned stuff. He did. He learned stuff. The one good thing that Archie did. Honestly, yeah. The one good thing that Archie did was that he understood that, like, as a white 
sort of ally, he needed to learn that he can't speak over her. That was really cool. Okay, I support Archie in that one facet of his character. That's the first non-garbagey thing he's done besides own a dog. Exactly! Mm -hmm. So he, like, goes home, and he's, like, the least sneaky person. (laughs) He gets in, and instead of being like, shh, Vegas, shh, my dog and its name, shh. (laughs) Instead, he just goes, hey, buddy, how's it going? It's almost like he has no subtlety as a character. Hmm. 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 Vegas was not, Vegas blew it for him. Listen, Vegas can do no wrong, though. Oh, so it's it's Archie's problem, really. Vegas is actually on Team Fred. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so Fred shows up, and they have the big football debate. Mm-hmm. Can I just point something out real quick? Yeah. Uh, Troy Bolton's dad was the coach of the basketball team. Oh, my God. And so he's like, if this was football practice, you would let me go. And he's like, what? And they have this whole thing, and it's like a trope. And I'm like, why? You're still Troy Bolton. Except Troy Bolton didn't make crap decisions and sleep with Miss Darbus. Oh, man. <laughs> you can't see me, but my head is in my hand. I can feel it. Archie's just so cringeworthy. Frick it, Archie. Okay, anyway, moving on. Frick. Like, he doesn't, um, he's never even heard your music, you dumbass. You brought it up twice. <laughs> exactly you brought it up twice you don't care about um, my music dad okay uh very quickly rest of archie stuff we're going to get to the stuff with fred and uh miss grundy um in, when we talk later about that whole party Awkward. and um so fred decides to make his, the garage soundproof for archie's songs because fred is best dad award Archie does not deserve a dad as good as Fred. No, you know who you know who does? Betty. Betty. Also, right? I don't mean to like break you, but did you notice that Fred calls Jughead Juggy? So does Betty. He's so cute. I'm crying inside. And maybe outside later. And maybe outside later, probably. Give her time. I'll get there. Okay, and then so Archie goes and gets his lessons back. Okay. Don't panic, I'm not stopping. Just so me. we're clear. Still statutory rape. He is so... They're both equally creepy. Anyway, don't panic. I'm not stalking you. Don't panic. I'm not stalking you. So that's all Archie's stuff. Now let's talk about Jughead stuff. It's over! Yay! Jughead! Jughead the noir detective slash journalist. Okay, my first note about Juggy is... Or about Jughead is literally just the fact that people call him Juggy. Juggy. That's it. I like it. I feel like you're gonna start calling him Juggy now. And so he decide he's gonna go and he's gonna work on the paper. The blue and gold! The blue and gold. I love that like the thing that he was nervous about wasn't the fact that like he was joining Betty on this venture. It was, well, what if my voice doesn't fit? He's like, I I only write novellas. <laughs> and Betty immediately is like, Well, you know, that book that you love started out as a series of articles, because Betty knows him so well. They're best friends. They're best friends. But why can't Jughead just be best friends with Betty? Right? Instead of Archie. Betty is much better to him and nicer to him and prettier than Archie and... True. Everything. Okay. Listen. Betty and Jughead have been journalists for like five minutes, but they're already better journalists than Rory Gilmore. 
<laughs> like, immediately they were like, you know who was there at the lake that no one's talking to? And Jughead goes, yeah, Dilton Doily. And I'm like, Rory Gilmore would never make that connection because she's too busy thinking about herself. <laughs> and all the other cute boys on the paper. Yeah. But no, these two, there's a cute boy and a cute girl on the paper, but they're professionals. And they can do things. I love them! I had to yell about it because I was so excited. Honestly, I super love, like, the sort of P.I. angle that Jughead's going on here. Ah! Journalism is such a good fit for that character now. Ah! <laughs> I'm screaming about it! Robin, how do you feel about it? Ah! <laughs> I have a lot of feelings. Anyway, Dilton's a liar! <laughs> what the hell is up with Dilton? Dilton is so weird. He's so weird and earnest, and he really cares about the Adventure Scouts. And he seems to be, like, so defensive about everything. I was like, dude, what happened to you to make you this weird? So he sees a kid who's just like, hmm, I know, you know something. And so he goes to Pops, and this kid's just trying to have a nice dinner with his father, and then eats his sundae. But again, Jughead near food, but not eating food. He ate some. Oh, what did he eat? He had a, he, he took the cherry off of it, and he ate, like, a, a scoop of ice cream. Oh. That's still not a burger. True. I want Jughead eating a burger. Maybe Cole Sprouse is just like, listen, <laughs> I'll be Jughead, but he doesn't eat any burgers. <laughs> oh, I also like that Dilton is so, like, crazy about being a Scoutmaster that they're not allowed to call him Dilton. Like, this kid goes, Scoutmaster Doily shot the gun. <laughs> Like, they're not allowed to call him Dilton, they have to call him Scoutmaster Doily, which is, like, even more embarrassing! But you know Dilton loves it, like, that's his power trip. Oh, Dilton. Aren't his scouts all basically his age? Yeah, or, like, maybe, like, they're, like, maybe two years younger than him. What the hell, dude? <laughs> He's so freaking weird. Imagine telling someone your age you can't call me by my first name, you have to call me Scoutmaster. Behind their back, I would, like, I 100% would be that kid who spilled the beans. I would be like, I have no loyalty to you because you made me call me, call you Scoutmaster. I have a question. I have an answer. If, if Jughead comes to the Taste of Riverdale, mm -hmm. hides up at the top, mm -hmm. has a 30-second conversation with Archie, and then leaves, why did he come? Yeah, why was he there? Because his conversation didn't even, like, really add anything narratively. Like, he he sees Dilton later at the party, but I still don't know. Like, maybe he was just hiding up there because he didn't want anyone to see that he was there. And, like, I would have believed that he showed up just for snacks. Yeah, if he had some snacks or something, get one of, like, Hermione's cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't grab any snacks, he didn't shove any food in his mouth, but he did nope. spot Dilton sort of posing on the stairs, waiting for... Waiting for, for a main character to show up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, Dilton, make a statement to me or the sheriff, and you should probably pick me. And so Jughead's like, okay, so... Or I mean, Dilton's like, okay. So then, um, later, he's like, please don't talk about it but I have something that nobody knows. Dun, dun, dun. Is that he saw Grundy's car there, which like... <laughs> Yay! I suddenly love Dilton. 
Someone call her out, please. I'm so ready for her to be exposed. Like, enough is enough. In how many hours? Six hours. But also, um, how much did you love Jughead just kind of casually leaning against the desk? I really enjoyed that, but my actual favorite part was him, like, crouching on the seat at Pops. Ah, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So basically any position that Cole Sprouse chooses to move his body into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, when he, like, sometimes if he just, like, leans against something, that's cool, too. Okay. Mm, literally anything. It's whatever. <laughs> I would give anything to know your heart rate at specific moments. Like, I really need you to start recording all of this. <laughs> I can try. Okay, good. Okay, um, so now we're gonna move on to, um, hashtag team adults. So pretty much, like, all the stuff that's happening at the party and then some of the extra stuff. Oh my god. So How? you were right about Alice. Yeah! You were right about her being a journalist. And so her and Betty's dad own Riverdale Register, which is the newspaper there. They just, like, own it. Yeah! Which means they can print whatever they want. Is she so judgmental because she just knows everything about everyone? But here's the thing, is Alice is, like, the crappy parts of BuzzFeed. Yeah. And Betty and Jughead are, like, CNN or the Washington Post. Like, they are real journalism, and Alice is, like, gross fake news. Gross fake news. That's my new band name. Gross fake news! Okay, cover girl... (laughs) Is being, is like sponsoring this clearly because with all the like commercial things too. And the product placement. The, that clear product placement. But like shout out to CoverGirl for getting wiped off super easily. Yeah, wow, that did not have staying power at all. I'm like, is this product placement though? Yeah, is it product placement if it gets, uh, if it shows that it has no staying power? That would come off on a cup real fast. But congrats to the CW for getting CoverGirl money. True. CoverGirl was just like, yeah, we like Archie comics. But sure. it's, it's actually a brilliant tie-in. Mm-hmm. And I really love that they actually tied it into Betty's character, where she's like, the red makes me feel powerful. And I was like, yes, red lipstick yeah. does make you feel powerful. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, so Taste of Riverdale is just like hashtag team adults, and then the only kids that show up are Archie, Jughead, who are hiding, Dilton, and Josie and the Pussycats, who are getting paid. I would want to get paid to have to be in the same vicinity as Alice Cooper. True. Like, let's talk about how satisfying it was for Cheryl's mom to punch her. Oh my god, that was so great. I mean, I don't like violence and I don't like violence against women, but something was really satisfying about seeing someone just serve her. Well, like, and she deserved it, too, because she's garbage. She's- where are her redeeming qualities? I can't find any! Error 404 not found! (laughs) I don't know! Like, Hermione's being set up as, like, a really cool... She's the best. Yeah, she's a good mom who's struggling, and she's becoming really dimensional, but Alice is just, like, a one-note ass. And another thing is that, like, she goes and she leaks this thing, and, like, I get, like, if she was, like, looking at the autopsy and being like, ooh, this is probably not something I should publish. Mm -hmm. Because she says she was- he was tortured and shot. And thrown in the river like a piece of garbage. Like, 
I get it if he was just shot and we could be like, oh, we know who, like, this, ooh, it's a mystery. But, like, the fact that he was also tortured is, like, who could this possibly be? Yeah. Like, it, it kind of seems like it kind of has to be Polly at this point, right? Yeah, it kind of does. And also, we know she's coming because she's on the IMDb page. But also, like, is it possible that Alice is behaving this way because either Alice did it or Alice is aware of the fact that Polly did it? I, I could definitely be swayed in that direction. Yeah. Because it would make a lot of sense. Like, she would have no qualms about leaking that when she was very proud of the fact that it happened. Ugh! But that also makes her completely heartless. Someone get Betty out of that household. Yeah, she is not gonna flourish. Well, clearly, given, like, her complete psychological break in this episode. Oh my god, she's, yeah. She's not flourishing in that environment. Oh my god, I'm so worried about her. I'm, I'm very concerned about Betty. Okay, so if we didn't need another reason to hate Miss Grundy, Fred comes up to Hermione and is just like, let's have a cute conversation. And then she comes up and she's just like, hi, it's me. Are you guys having a conversation? Attention, I need attention. Sorry, uh, it's me. Here I, here I am. No one wants you here. No one. And then... I don't know, like, it just, <sighs> when Fred was talking to Archie, and he was like, they didn't look like that when I was in high school, I was like, ew. <laughs> I was like, not all of the Andrews boys. <laughs> I'm kind of concerned that that's kind of what they're setting up. I'm sad, also because, like, Hermione is so much prettier than Miss Grundy. And nicer. Yeah. And... Not, not illegal. Not a rapist, which is nice. Yeah. But Hermione's just doing her best, and you know that, like, a snap is coming where she's gonna completely lose it on someone, mm -hmm. because she can't be treated like this for much longer, but oh my god, she is so strong. I love her. I love her. She's a queen. So, like, Fred's like, hi, I'm Archie's dad. <laughs> and Grundy's like, oh, cool. Nice beard. Nice beard. Yeah, good beard. <laughs> Archie will be able to grow one of those one day when he grows up. Uh, <laughs> when he grows up from being three years old. When he grows up from not being a teenager. Gross. You ever seen a teenage boy with a beard? No. I mean, yes. Okay, so where? In my high school. Okay, well then I guess I stand corrected, don't I? I guess so. I guess so. Okay. Continuing on. Yeah. So... He's pretty much just like, uh, should I support Archie? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, support him. I support him. He's a very talented boy. He's very, Archie's a special kid. Ugh. He's like, he's like, what, what makes you take an interest in Archie? And she's like, he's very special. But like in her head, she's just like, um, I saw him walking and his shirt was up. <laughs> That's why. That's literally why. Yep. I don't know if she finds anything special in Archie at all, except for the fact that he has a good body. I don't think so either. Because, to be honest, there's nothing special about Archie. <laughs> no, there isn't. And also, every time they, like, have a conversation, he's just like, huh, I'm sad. I'm having issues with my life and decision making. It's like, we get it. If, like, you want attention from a, mo like, a mother figure, then maybe don't make it so creepy. Maybe, like, like, text your mom. Yeah, like, where's his mom? I think he said that she, like, went, she's in, like, New York or something. I don't remember okay, exactly. Okay, well, if you want attention from a woman, 
text your goddamn mom. Text your mom. Skype her. She'll talk to you. She's your mom. Yeah. She probably misses you. Leave Betty alone. Leave Grundy alone. Deal with your own crap. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he has a lot of problems. One of my favorite parts of the, uh, of the party was when, um, Alice Cooper went up to Hermione and she was just like, oh, no longer lactose intolerant, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is, is, like, a funny line, but also is, like, meant to show us that, like, they, like, all these people have, like, a serious, um, backstory and, mm-hmm. like, serious history. I want to hear all of it. I want, like, flashbacks to the original trio. <gasps> Oh my gosh. You know how much I love flashbacks. Yeah, and how great would it be to see, like, the original variations of Archie and Betty and Veronica? Yes. I I would love that. And then we can find out if Alice, like, was always an asshole, or if she just became that way. Became one. Because it almost feels like she was always, just because she's, like, no longer lactose intolerant, I see. Like, as if, like, I was ready to talk to you because I know you're garbage. And that she clearly faked lactose intolerance for attention. Yeah. Like, who does that? She's so freaking weird. Though, can we talk about how weird it is to say Alice Cooper and not be talking about, like, a musician? Yeah, because that's a person, right? <laughs> yes! I was like, this, this keeps sounding familiar to me. So, the last thing I have about team adults is that Hermione went and helped Betty and Veronica after, like, all these bad things happened and made it so that they got less of a bad sentence. Good mom award. Cool. Cool. Um, so now we're going to talk about all the stuff that happens with Betty and Veronica and just like folding in all the stuff that like all the, the stuff that happens with Cheryl that isn't a part of that. Jason's death is put as July 11th, mm-hmm. which is my mom's birthday. <gasps> so happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Jason died on your birthday. So what we've learned is that he tried to fake his death. But we don't know why. I right? genuinely, I feel like we got really close to guessing this. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of us. Yes. But why, why was Jason bouncing? Like, they said it was to get away from his parents, but all we've seen of his parents is that they're kind of snooty and that they hit Alice, but that's it. But they seem to, like, really care about him. Yeah. But it turns out that Jason was, as previously suspected... A total jerk. Theory. Mm-hmm. He's leaving so that he can go see Polly, and then Polly finds him and then kills him. Oh, like he, like maybe Polly gets in touch and is like, "Come join me." Mm-hmm. And then he fakes his death, and she's like, "Just kidding. <laughs> You're not here to join yeah. me. I'm here to kill you." <laughs> Ooh. That's my theory. I don't I know like how, it. how how it would work out, but that's my theory. I love it. I want to talk about Chuck. What have they done to poor Chuck? Poor Chuck. You read the comics, and sweet Chuck is just like their friend who likes art. <laughs> right? Yes. That's what Chuck was. Where did they go so wrong with Chuck? Like, why was the decision made to make him that? It makes me so sad. Because I liked Chuck. And he didn't even like art. No, he didn't even like art. And also, I looked at the playbook, and his penmanship isn't even that great. (laughs) So what's, what's that about? He's horrible on all sides. Exactly. But 
I like that he calls her, he calls Veronica Velo. Velo! Like the first time we see him, which is cute, I guess. Velo is cute, and I hope someone else uses it, because I feel like yeah. that would be a great nickname for Kevin to use. Yeah, that yeah. would be cute. Okay, so Veronica and Chuck go out on a date, and they take a picture. Please, okay, listen. I'm asexual, so maybe I'm, like, missing something, but, like, please explain to me what a sticky maple is, if it's, like, very obvious, and I just don't know. No, it's not obvious. They made it up within, okay. like, the canon of the show. I was like, okay, cool. is a sticky maple a Canadian sex act? <laughs> like, I mean, seeing what they do later, I feel like I am I can, like, guess, but, like, I don't really want to. It, It's not made 100%. Like, you, yeah, like, you can definitely guess what it was, but to me, a sticky maple sounds weird and Canadian and vaguely sexual. Yeah. Yeah. So... Ha the first half of this episode, I was just like, oh man, I relate to Betty so much. I love Betty. And then the second <laughs> half of the episode, I was like, I do not relate to Betty at all. So oh she's like, let's go to Weatherby. And I'm like, yeah, I would do that. Mm -hmm. She's like, or I can expose him in the paper. I can do that for you. And I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I would do that too. That sounds like something I would do. That sounds like a really great idea. You should do that. Also her in the locker room, like covering her eyes, not seeing Yes. Me. I was like, I was watching it and I was like, that is Robin. <laughs> I was like, I support you for, like, going with her and standing with, in her, like, I'm, like, freaking out. <laughs> standing with her in solidarity. Yeah. But also being like, I'm uncomfortable. She put herself in an uncomfortable position to do what was right because she's great. Yeah. She's so supportive and nice. She is, Betty and Veronica are ride or die, even when Betty is uncomfortable. Yeah. But then... But then she goes and Chuck, like, isn't taking any of Veronica's words to heart at all. Ugh. And it's just, like, pretty much just poopy. That's a good summation. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about yeah. how fabulous it is that this is overtly feminist? Yeah. Like. Oh, this whole episode, like, even with Josie and stuff. Yeah, it is overtly intersectional feminism, which includes, like, addressing slut shaming and it's sort of it would feel preachy except that in the world we live in we kind of need things that are this on the nose mm -hmm. to directly speak to an impressionable audience and say here's a list of things that are not okay and here's why it changes people because you actually yeah. see cheryl's whole arc in this episode go from yeah. calling people sluts to going females are strong as hell mm -hmm. so cheryl has a feminist awakening over this episode. That's incredible. It's great. I'm just really excited about intersectional feminism represented <laughs> properly in media. Same. Okay, so Veronica's going through the comments on Chuck's picture, and mm. I have... <laughs> uh, I have some details on that just because I like to pause and, like, read all the comments. Okay. Um, but we'll get to that after. Um, okay, I have a question. If Moose is so garbagey, which is what we've kind of learned about mm -hmm. him today. What does that mean for Midge? What does that say about Midge? Because her name's in the playbook a couple times, because um, I have details about that as well. Mm -hmm. And if she's, like, his long-term girlfriend, I certainly hope that he's, like, hiding this side of himself from her and that she doesn't support all these terrible things that he's doing. You know what I mean? I hope she finds out what he's doing and dumps him. Yeah. Like... If, if Midge is his long-term girlfriend, not only has he attempted to cheat on her with Kevin. Yep. But 
has put down all of the things that they've done together in a book so that he can earn points for something. And I'm not entirely clear what the points are for. Right. Do you know what the points are for? Like, do you win something? Um, I have a guess, but I can get to that once we go through all the stuff that I found in okay. the book. Okay. Um, so it's Chuck and five guys on the football team. Uh, and then we meet Ethel. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Shannon Purser. Barb! Hashtag justice for Barb. Barb lives. Barb lives. Barb lives. Was it just me or was Ethel a little creepy? She was a little creepy. She was super into what was going on in her pool. Yeah. Like, in a way where I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. No, definitely agree. Definitely felt that. Like, was was she just enjoying, like, pretty girls in her pool area? Or is she secretly sort of murdery? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Might be a little murdery. I don't know. I think it's murdery. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Okay. Um, so they keep score in this playbook, and Cheryl didn't know Jason as well as she thought she did, which is sad. Yeah, but a nice turnaround for Cheryl, because now she can kind of be on the team. But going into this episode, did you think you were gonna actually, like, be on Cheryl's team? I don't know, you never really know with her. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes an episode ends and she's like, he was supposed to come back, and you're like, oh. Yeah. And sometimes an episode ends and she's just, like, awful, so... She's got, she's got a journey to go on. Yeah, she'll figure it out. Okay, can I shout out to my new best friend? Absolutely. Trev Brown. Trev Brown. Trev Brown is Valerie's brother, who is in uh, Josie and the Pussycats, and he's the one who comes in and says, I know where the playbook is. I quit the football team because I didn't want to do that. Oh, that's him. Shout out to Trev Brown. He is an angel. Yeah. And the reason why Cheryl knew that they came into the school at night, because I think it was, I'm just remembering this off the top of my head, Trev told Valerie, who told Ginger, who told Tina, who told her. Wow. Although, I think it should have been Trev, who told Valerie, who told Josie, who told Cheryl. Just saying. Yeah, you'd think Josie would be in on that chain. Because Tina and Ginger are her lackeys. Yeah. But also, I wanted Josie to tell Cheryl. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever. Betty is like a mediocre actor. Not like the girl who plays Betty because she's great, but Betty as a as a, as a character yeah. is like okay, I mm-hmm. guess. Because she like shows up and she's like, hi Chuck. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, so um, let's uh, maybe go hang out. Probably. I kind of want to be more like Polly. Yeah, and then he goes, oh, yeah, Jason told us all about Polly. And we're like, oh, garbage. And then it takes all of Betty's energy to not be like, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. It takes all my energy to be like that as well, but at Archie. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Brittany. Yeah. Talk to me about how bi Veronica (gasps) totally is. Veronica? Okay, I actually, I rewatched the scene a couple times because when they show the reaction shot of Betty coming out as, like, what I kind of just assume is, like, her Polly persona, Mm -hmm. they give a reaction shot to Chuck where he kind of does the open mouth thing. And then they give the exact same reaction shot to Veronica. Mm -hmm. And Veronica actually looks Betty up and down 
And then at the end of the episode, when she's talking to Betty, she jumps from looking at Betty's eyes to Betty's lips. And I know- Oh, I noticed that one. I noticed that one too. Yes. And it's like, I know I'm being queer baited and this isn't going to happen, but I'm enjoying it. I know. I was like, I can tell. I can see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. Right? It's It's a thing. It's it's very strong subtext that almost looks like text, but isn't. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Veronica Lodge's um, whole person is bi as hell, and you can pry that theory from my cold, dead hands. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Betty is, like, out here breaking laws. Um, yeah. She has, like, drugs, and she's, like, mixing them with alcohol, and then- Also, like, all these people are in high school. This is America. You can't drink until you're 21. Oh. You're all bad. Oh, you sweet thing. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that. Maybe um, they were going by BC liquor laws. I guess, but like, <laughs> I still feel like most of them are 17. Yeah. But on they were in a fully stocked, beautiful house. I'm assuming they just got that from Ethel's parents, like, wet bar that they obviously have. I'm not saying that they, like, bought it illegally. I'm saying that they're drinking it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> and it's illegal. What are you, Dilton? No! <laughs> I don't shoot guns, that's illegal too. <laughs> it is where we're from. I guess. I mean, it is where they're from, but it's especially illegal up here. Plus, like, I could- I wouldn't shoot a gun morally. Just oh, morally. yeah. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. I don't want to even touch one. No, me neither. Mm-mm. Okay, so anyway, Betty, like, tortures Chuck. And then tries to boil him alive? That's, like, scary. That's really damaging to the human body to be submerged in water that hot. Mm -hmm. He was like a little lobster. I was gonna say he was a little lobster. Aww. Little lobster friends. I mean, he is a complete trash person who treated Veronica horribly, but I was like, guys, if you kill him, I can't be on your team anymore. Ooh! Ooh, I got something. What? You can't see me, but I have my hand up. What? What? Robin, yes, you, in the front. Okay. Listen, you know how Betty is in her Polly persona right now? Mm Mm-hmm. What if Polly torturing Chuck is supposed to be a hint that Polly tortured Jason? (gasps) Yes. See, you are on the right track. I'm so smart. You're so smart. Yay. This is definitely the right train of thought. So... Not only does she do that, but then she calls Chuck Jason and thinks that she's Polly and then forgets it in the morning. That was, she, she literally said to Veronica's face, I don't think I called him Jason. What? Uh. She was there. Ah. Uh. What? What happened to Betty? I worry. She's, she seems to be on the verge of a psychological breakdown, which I don't think anyone can blame her for. No. But what's gonna happen when it actually happens? I don't know. Like, what other stuff is she gonna do? I don't know. I'm real scared. So anyway, the consequences are that Coach Clayton has to cut all of these dudes from the football team. So he's down five dudes. Boy. And so that would be Moose, Reggie, Chuck, and these two other dudes whose names are... I can tell you once we get to the part in the playbook, because I found them. Um, And 
Jughead says that that's like only one of the like terrible consequences that happens. And then Cheryl says justice for Ethel and we're like, aha, I get your joke. She always has a hashtag. I know, I love her. <laughs> um, and then Betty burns the book and then Cheryl's also there. Yeah, I like that Cheryl was there. And so they both kind of have like this moment where they're just kind of like letting that go. Yeah, I feel like they was symbolic of sort of letting all of their petty stuff between them go too. Mm-hmm. Like it's time for so. Cheryl to help Betty solve this case. Yeah. Cause Cheryl has a ton of connections. Lastly, I'm just gonna go through all the details that I found. Okay, I'm so ready. Uh, in this episode. This is so, Robin Detail Hour. So the first thing I'm gonna go is I have pictures of all of the comments that were on Chuck's phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna go and find those real quick. So oh no, these are not good pictures. Uh Gina. Gina Murray, Mike Collager. It would be easier if this wasn't an awful picture. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the people who I actually care about. Cheryl commented. Um, uh, I can't figure out what the first word is. If I looked, I'm crap at this. Uh, <laughs> this is fun so far. I'm having a good time. about pity the poor. Chuck says, can we, um, can we vote this jalopy off the island already? Ace McDonald had a couple of things to say, and Ace McDonald just, like, keeps commenting. Who is Ace McDonald? I don't know, but then later, he- the last comment we see is from Adam McDonald, so I can't tell if they just, like, forgot that his name was Ace, or if they're, like, twins. I like the idea that they're twins. They- they mean nothing, like, they're- they're totally irrelevant, and I don't think we'll ever see them, but, um, they're important to me. Yeah, I was just gonna say, they are right up your alley. Let's see. Um, any other names we, d- we don't really recognize? Angel Angelino, which is a great name. Okay. Go back to New York. Um, Simon Silverstein said, Justice for Veronica Lodge said, No one never. And Melissa Baxter said, As class president, I don't condone or support any of, this, of these comments. However, wow, just wow. Wow. So shout out to Melissa, who's just really bad at this. Yep. What if we fired Melissa? Fire Melissa. Yeah. Okay, so now I have... Anyway, that one's not as cool. Now, I paused so many times on this freaking playbook to get so many details. And they are mm-hmm. so funny. Because okay. props must have had so much fun making this playbook. Okay, so here's all the things that I got from the playbook. Um, they each have a player number. So the one that we're looking at right now, Chuck is number one, Reggie's number two, three is someone named Andrew, mm-hmm. four is someone named Steve, five is someone named Scott, and six is Moose. Oh, Moose. So, what's interesting is that we're talking about Ethel getting um, played by Chuck Mm -hmm. most of the time. But in reality, Ethel's name is next to Chuck once, Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've seen, and her name keeps coming up next to Reggie. See, this is why I can't quite figure out why Ethel had the Scorched Earth campaign for Chuck. Like, what, uh, what else was there? Here is my theory. Ethel has a crush on Reggie. That's it. Okay. Good theory. Okay, so next to Reggie's name, a bunch of times, there's, like, Ethel Encore. Mm-hmm. And whenever it's, like, next to Moose's name, it's always something ridiculous. So the first one you see is actually found his locker, and he gets plus one. <laughs> plus one points. Actually found his locker. Yep. Um, so uh, when Polly's name is in there, she's in, she gets nine points. Um, and then once it's, uh, then we see Moose's name again, 13% of females responded to Moose. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, at one point, someone gets points for someone with an old lady name, whose name is Eleanor. Uh, third base. Ooh. Ooh. It's like O's. Um, and then at one point it changes, uh, and Jason is number two, Moose is number three, Reggie's number four. Um, then, uh, he gets Ethel again. Ethel's name is under Thomas, who's number one. Chuck was number five. Uh, still working Polly, two-week score. Then at one point, Midge's name is under Moose, and then someone's commented, yeah, Moose, and she gets a six. Um, Moose, got a phone number. (laughs) Reggie gets a second week score for Ethel. Polly, two points. Oh, Polly, minus two points for feelings. What? So, yeah, so I guess Jason actually had feelings for Polly, so he gets minus two points. Well, that's actually a big ol' hint, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever put this prop together paid a lot of attention. I know. Uh, and then uh, Moose gets Midge back to kissing. Midge repeat. Um, and so then Midge, it doesn't say... Midge is definitely in Moose's life. Yes. And is the long-term girlfriend. Yeah, and it seems to be... Like, that's, that's from what I saw, was the only name that's actually under Moose. Okay. So all the other ones are just, like, got a phone number and stuff like that. So... Maybe Moose isn't as garbagey as we thought, but he's still, um... He's still in the vicinity of the trash can. Even though he has Midge, and she seems to be the only person, like, he's not cheating on her. I mean, although he's tried with Kevin. Yeah. He's still participating in this thing, which is awful. He's still guilty. He's just not as guilty as the others. So, like, his garbage meter is, like, maybe, like, just some thrown-out paper towel wads, whereas, like, Chuck's is, like, the whole dumpster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so we've got, uh, I wasn't sure whose name this was for, hmm. but one person was Rejected, which was minus two points, and Desperate Pedo, which was minus one point. Oh! Desperate Pedo. Um, oh, that's Grundy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but also, why is that minus one point and just getting rejected is minus two? Desperate Pedo should be, like, minus a bazillion points and you're kicked out. Exactly. <sighs> um, also... Once we see the um, the paper that Betty has put out, we can also see uh, the top of the playbook, mm-hmm. which says, Thomas and Dave graduated. Welcome, Andrew and Steve. Welcome, brothers Andrew and Steve. Um, and then what? some of the um, columns names are babeness, so that's their point thing, and dudeness, which is how many points you get, I guess. Wow. Yeah, I think. And then some of them's like player number, name. Yeah. Hmm. That's what I got from the playbook. That's really interesting. Yeah. Shout out to the props department for real. Right? Yeah. It's so freaking cool. So now we're going to move on to our segments. My segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. <laughs> I'm so glad each episode goes by. It's just like more and more concrete. Yay! Um, my segment, seen in Vancouver, here's the thing. Didn't recognize any of the places... So, for this week, my segment is, is going to be, uh, did Jughead eat a burger? And the answer is no. We're, we're like, four for four now. Alas. And that's my segment. Our segment for the both of us is called, uh, the Best Line Award, which is what we're going to do this week. Um, my line goes to Jughead Jones III for, are you sure it was worth sneaking out for some locally sourced Munster? Munster. Which is pretty much just, like, a roundabout way of saying, this is cheesy as heck. <laughs> Puns, puns, 
Uh, and my favorite line this week is from Veronica, and it goes, I will cut the brakes on his souped-up phallic symbol, because she is a queen. <laughs> and our honorable mention goes to Cheryl Blossom for a B&E with B&V. Yes! <laughs> Which is so clever. And so satisfying to say. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening this week, and we're sorry we're a little behind. Uh, our music is called Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, our talk about the most recent episode of Season 4 will be out soon. And coming soon, our Lost podcast. Very exciting. <laughs> Robin's not excited for that at all, actually. No, I'll, I'll probably fall asleep during it. Have you even seen Lost? Um, maybe half of it. Yeah. Guys, this Big is fan. a joke. This is a joke, please. <laughs> please don't think that I've only seen Lost half, half, like half a time. I've seen Lost seven times, and it's very important to me. It... She's seen it so many times that she told Damon Lindelof. I met Damon Lindelof and I cried. Yeah, she did. Um, you can follow The Aficionados on Twitter at, at The Aficionados. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. You can tweet us with anything you'd like us to discuss or you can discuss with us or whatever we like talking to you. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia two T's and an underscore at the end. And you can follow me at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y on pretty much anything. Next week, we're going to be discussing episode 104, chapter 4, The Last Picture Show, which I think sounds like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And also, it's not next week, it's tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's just tonight. Yeah, it's just tonight. Sorry, we're garbage. Yeah, but we're cute garbage. We're gold garbage. True. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!